Church, how are you all this morning? So good to see you here in the house of God today. And I'd love a pulpit. It would be, be real handy, please. So if you're visiting with us today, we want to give you a really, really warm and one heart welcome. Let's give all the visitors a welcome here today. We've got people from all over the place today. Thank you, sir. So if you are visiting with us, we want to give you a really, really warm and friendly welcome. So glad you're taking the time if you're on holidays to be here with us today. Also, if you're watching online, we want to uh, extend a welcome to all those watching online as well. So good to have you tuning in with us. Happy New Year, everybody. Has it been happy so far? Well, last Sunday, uh, New Year's Eve, I was um, uh, at Halls Creek preaching up there. So there's a couple of pictures of outside church so it was an indigenous convention they called it where I was uh, speaking last week and uh, Chris, uh, New Year's Eve should say uh, they had a New Year's Eve service outside in the desert hot as but really awesome as well but what they do is they put those whopper big honking speakers there so don't ever complain about the noise in church this is like this is loud now and they said the whole town is going to hear you preach the whole town's going to hear the worship. And so it's booming out. And literally the whole town of Halls Creek can hear the message that night. And, and the police turned up. And you're thinking, oh, well, they're probably going to tell us to turn the music down. They turned up. They walked around a little bit, stood at the back. Then they sat down and they just stayed. So that was, that was good. But God's doing a great thing in the Kimberleys uh, among the indigenous people. So I had the privilege to preach for Pastor Max Wilcher, who has pioneered churches among the Aboriginal people, all the way from Derby to Caldwell, is it? Cardwell. Cardwell in Queensland. So right across the top end, there is a a church, there's a meeting, there's a place that that Max has started. So he did an incredible job. I'm thinking, hey, I should be listening to you preach, not having me preach to you. But um, it was such a great honor to be um, part of what God is doing up there in Halls Creek. So uh, there was, you know, the, the church has a, has a dog. There's a dog that comes to church called Church Dog. And uh, so always there. And uh, I said, what, what's this dog doing here? And they said, oh, that's Church Dog. And um, so it was, it was great. But the first, the very first night saw uh, lots of demons being cast out. So that was pretty, that was pretty crazy. But <laughs> first woman I went to preach for, up preach, went to pray for, I preached for about half an hour and then prayed for an hour and a half. I'll tell you what, you sweat so much when you're praying. You never knew you could sweat so much. I, I was going blind with sweat. I was like, can't see. And every time I thought I was nearly there, they'd say, like, and I go, oh, another couple. Then it's, it's like a whole row of people go through, go through. They're thinking, heck, I'm sure these people have gone through twice. There's only one prayer each, I'm sure. Anyway, I was saying, yeah, this first person I, I started to pray for, it's like, ah! I'm like, oh, where's the backup? There was none. It was just me. But God was doing a great thing. And, and the first night we saw a lot of, I think the first night we saw a lot of breakthrough in people. And then, then the Holy Spirit was just able to really minister to people once they got some of, the, some of the demons out of them. So we believe in demons. We don't worship them, but we cast them out. And uh, we have power and authority over them. So um, remember that. We, we don't want to be a church that says, oh, that was, that was something back then. If we believe in the Holy Spirit, oh, what a great job you guys did. You can go. Thank you. They're standing there patiently. So, I mean, yeah, we, we believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe in the power of God over all dominions 
and powers. So anyhow, um, I got a message from Pastor Max on Tuesday, Tuesday evening. He said, yeah, because I just preach my normal stuff about you, you, need to, you need to pray, you need to be in the Word, you need to be in the house of God. And that comes through loud and clear in what I teach. And he said, on Tuesday night, they had 20 men turn up for the prayer meeting, which they said had never happened before. They've never seen that. So I think, hey, that, that, that was a win. That's great to see. But uh, you know, what, what I love to see is there was uh, indigenous pastors there from Fitzroy Crossing, from Halls Creek itself, um, from other places I've never heard of, uh, Derby uh, uh, and uh, Wyndham. That's the other place. People came from Wyndham. So it was a, it was a, a, a great time. And I just believe that we're going to build a connection uh, more with the, the Halls Creek crew and all, all that Kimberley region and our church. So if we do get another chance to go, come with me. You'll love it. It's great. You'll be, I'll send you out on the first night to pray. I'll stand back and let you deal with all that stuff. Anyhow, just want to do an infomercial for you. Uh, prayer and fasting starts in a couple of weeks. I want to encourage you as a church, get on board with our prayer and fasting together. Um, I want to invite you to join us to start the year well. So we want to start the year on a spiritual footing. And I believe when we begin to pray and fast, uh, God opens our ears and our, our hearts to what he wants to tell us. So fasting, just to get some ground rules right for you all, doesn't make God owe you one. Uh, it doesn't mean God will hear our prayers better. Fasting opens our spiritual ears and our spiritual eyes to spiritual things that God wants to show us and God wants to uh, lead us into. So please join with us every, uh, the, the, later on in the announcements it'll say um, all the details about that. But um, every night of that week we're going to come out to prayer. Uh, I think it's a Tuesday to a Thursday. We're going we're gonna to pray together. I really encourage you, church, come out and pray. Even if you can come just for a few minutes, come out and pray. Be part of it. Join in and uh, start to, uh, I guess, do warfare together for the spiritual that we need to take hold of in 2024. So I just want to take that opportunity to share about that. We're finishing it with Pastor Alan Davies on the Thursday night for an awakened night, and uh, that is going to be awesome. So come out on the Thursday night and join with us for a great time of prayer and fasting. And after the Thursday night, go to McDonald's, go to wherever and pig out, eat food. So, so I want to give you a few things today uh, about what's cool for 2024. Who's ready? Yeah, okay. This is a, much, this is a good looking crew in this service. The first crew was a, uh, the ugly ones. This is a cool, ugly, good looking crew. <laughs> Okay, that, that was not cool for 2024. I can't, can't talk bad about that, the previous group. John 20, verse 28 and 29 says, this is Thomas speaking. We, we refer to him as the doubting disciple. That He says, my Lord and my God, Thomas exclaimed. Then Jesus told him, you believe because you've seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. So Thomas, the disciple who didn't believe that Jesus was alive. And perhaps this is just where I'm going to launch from today. Thomas perhaps is an indication of the modern church that claim discipleship but live like they don't believe Jesus is really alive. So Jesus declared a blessing. He said, blessed are those who believe without seeing me. And that's the whole 
of the modern church today because we haven't been able to physically see Jesus or touch him as, as uh, Thomas wanted to do. Revelation 16 verse 15 says, Blessed are, are all who are watching for me. And I don't want it to be a neglected doctrine that we, that we forget to teach is that, that we are expecting Jesus to return. We believe Jesus came in a bodily form and died on the cross to deal with sin and he did that. But we also believe that he's coming again to, to uh, rapture his church and to, to save us from this world in, this, um, in these last days. So that's what we believe. And he says, blessed are all who are watching for me or expecting my return. We don't want to be uh, having a culture or, a, or a, an attitude within our lives and within our churches that we, are, that, that we are like a Thomas who says, oh, yeah, yeah, but unless I see it myself, I'm not going to believe. We want to be believers who believe. So blessed are those who believe and are watching for the Lord's return. So leaning into what Jesus is doing in the earth today, um, we want to be building a church, building a temple so that all people can see and hear the good news. You see, that's the role of the church is to be a window for the world to see God, to, to be a window of heaven to the earth, to be a window of what Jesus is like to the world. And sometimes that window is so murky, so, so muddy that people don't see God through the window of the church. They see religion or they see, they see judgmental law or whatever they may see. But I want us to decide as individuals to say, if I'm the only church that the world will see, I want it to be as clear as can be. So what's cool for 2024? John chapter, sorry, this is what's not cool for 2024. What's not cool? John 12 verse 37. It says, but despite all the miraculous signs that Jesus had done, most of the people still, not, still did not believe in him. So I find that totally amazing that in Jesus' day, he's doing miracles. He's, he's you know, healing people and, and delivering people and he's got authority over demons and all these sorts of things. And it says people, despite all the miracles, people still not, did, did not believe in him. That's what I'm trying to say. In 2 Timothy 3 verse 5, describes a church, it describes a people who have a form of godliness but deny the power of God. Now you'll see them in church and they, they look right, but they aren't all right. And I want us to, to decide in our hearts for 2024 that I want, to be a, I want to be part of a church that believes in the things of God. I want to be a believing believer, not a doubting believer. So on the other hand, there's those who display all the power, but still aren't all right either. So we see that in Matthew 7, verse 21 and 23. This is just my warm-up, then we'll get into the real message. But Jesus said, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom. They, it says that they prophesied, they cast out demons, and they performed miracles. Jesus said, I never knew you. So they had all the power, but they live and they behave like jerks. And so what's going on here? Is Jesus never satisfied saying this one church has got no power, this other church has got too much power? I'm not happy with either extreme here. So Jesus isn't satisfied with a church with form and no power and neither satisfied with all power but no relationship with him. So let's not judge others as to who's in what camp. 
Because I need we start looking around the room saying, oh, they've got no power, they've got no love. Mm. And, we, and, we, and we easily switch to, to judgment mode, but rather be reflective on the condition of our own heart. It says in Matthew 7 verse 3, not to, not to judge another person uh, for the speck in their eye when we've got a plank in our own or a log in our own eye. So Jesus has in mind the, the church that displays the kingdom of God on earth. That is our role. That is our task, is to display the kingdom of God on earth through the church. So it says in John 10, verse 2 to 3, Jesus knows his sheep and they recognize his voice. He calls them by name and he leads them out. So Jesus wants to, wants to call you into the harvest field wants to call you into spiritual battles. He wants to call you into uh, the, the things that he's designed for your life. Don't be like those who do nothing and don't be like those who love the power but don't love the Lord. So know the shepherd, recognize his voice. They are the ones who build his house and his temple. So the title of my message today is Two Temples. There are two temples that we build. So I want to bring some vision and perspective today of the church that Jesus is building. So the other day, I was in Darwin Airport, and I was re reading my Bible, doing my devotions, which I do every day, and I want to encourage you, if you want to grow, if you want to fast-track your growth, if you want to be healthy spiritually, then I'd say, read your Bible and pray and be in fellowship. Those three things will fast-track your life. They'll be a greenhouse of spiritual growth. I'll give them to you again. Read your Bible, pray, and be in fellowship. Read your Bible, pray, and be in fellowship. It's a greenhouse of faith. So I took my Akubra hat off because I was going to the outback. So I put my, I got, got, found myself a spot, put my Akubra hat on the table, got a bowl of chips, and started to eat my chips and read my Bible. And God began to show me some things. So I realized there are two spiritual temples and whether we know it or not, we are building one or the other. So we can be the people in church who are like those who, who saw the miracles but didn't believe. We can be the church that is like, like uh, Thomas who says, well, unless I see, I'm not going to believe. And we can be in church and be those people. But, but I want to encourage you today, make a decision for 2024 that you're going to step into a new journey of growth and development and desire a closeness with the Lord that maybe you've never discovered before. So, number one, the temple, the, the, there are two temples. So, I'm going to give you the first temple is the temple of wickedness. What? So, this temple encompass, encompasses everything unholy, everything unrighteous, um, everything un, uh, unholy, and rejects Jesus as Savior. Perhaps we could call it an Antichrist temple. In Zechariah 5, verse 7 to 8, it says in the it, it, it's descriptive of spiritual things, so it has a spiritual application. So I want us to see some things. It says here, then the heavy lid, uh, sorry, heavy lead cover was lifted off the basket, and there was a woman sitting inside it. Now, this woman sitting inside the basket demonstrates evil, and, and I think it's a, it's described as a woman because evil is seductive. It it's designed to draw you in. So so. Um, it says, um, I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. The, the woman's name is wickedness. I'll read that in a second. But it's like this angel takes the lid off the basket and Zechariah 
you know, so pops the lid up and this little little wickedness pops up with lipstick on, says, Hi, <laughs> hiya, Zachariah, it's me. It's always dressed up to be seductive, to seem to seem uh, to seem nice and good and something that we want and desire. Then verse 8 says, The angel said, The woman's name is wickedness. And he pushed her back into the basket and closed the heavy lid again. See, that's the way to handle wickedness. I love that. The angel says, have a look. Zechariah, see what you see? Wickedness is like, hi. And then he's like, pushes her back in and puts a heavy lid back over her head. See, that's the way to handle wickedness. Push her back into the basket. So it says in verse 10 and 11 that there was some winged beings. And I don't know if they were angels or what they were, but it says that these winged beings... Uh, they, they flew the basket away. They took it away. And in verse 11, it says, they, t- they took her away to the land of Babylonia where they will build a temple. I just want you to think about they will build. I want you to think about who are the they who are going to build a temple for this wickedness in the basket. Um, so, and when the temple is ready, they will set the basket there on its pedestal. What is all this about? I believe that there's, there is, there is the powers of wickedness contained in a basket in the earth, still has influence, but I wonder what influence it would have over the earth if the church wasn't here, if the Holy Spirit wasn't working through God's people, if, the, if, the, if there wasn't a church that was upholding the things of righteousness. I think that's the container of the, this, this uh, woman called wickedness that wants to wield influence over the world. So I'm going to give you some important points on wickedness now Babylon as it's mentioned there or Babylonia is an antichrist world kingdom it's it's a spiritual a spiritual domination that wants to control the earth a spiritual kingdom rather than a geographical place now in the in the Old Testament there is there is a and in even in the New Testament in Revelation it's mentioned of a Babylon spirit in the Old Testament, Babylon was a place. It was a city. But it's a spiritual kingdom rather than a geographical place that we are concerned about. So this temple built to house wickedness is engineered by Satan to deceive the nations. Um, it's a temple of selfishness, the spirit of this world. So this temple where wickedness is given a pedestal of honor. So wickedness, evil, wrong is given a pedestal to place the basket on as as a place where we honor and uplift wickedness and that that perhaps could be built by gossip by unforgiveness by anger jealousy uh, fear lies shame and guilt are all are all bricks in the temple of wickedness so it's also described in revelation 2 verse 9 as the synagogue of Satan. The synagogue was a place where you went to worship. So the church, the church of Jesus Christ, the church of the Holy Spirit is not of this kingdom and is not building this kingdom, is not building that temple. And so we've been tasked to build a different kind of temple. And we can't be a double agent. So I want you to understand there's no double agents in the kingdom of God. Either you're building the, the, the temple of heaven, the temple of the kingdom of God, or you're building the temple for the, the pillar of wickedness in the world. 
So it's a, a very sobering and, and challenging uh, message that I have for us today. So the Lord's temple or building his house is the, the second kind of temple we're going to look at this morning. And I want to make it our mission in 2024 as the year to build the Lord's house and to build his temple. And we do that individually and we do that corporately as the church. It's really important that we have a, a corporate uh, decision of unity to build his house. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 16, a message we've all would have heard preached many, many times before if you've ever been in church, and that is, don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in you? See, from the moment you believe that Jesus is Lord and you've had your sins forgiven, you're recruited to build that temple. You're recruited to build the house of God. You're recruited to build the temple with other believers, to build something that, that the glory of God can be elevated, where the glory of God can be seen and outworked in the world. So I want to give you a word for the church for 2024, Zechariah 2 verse 4 and 5. It talks about Jerusalem. I'm going to, I'm going to um, transpose the word Jerusalem to mean the church as it's metaphorical of the church. It can be interchangeable as a, the, the, the city of Jerusalem, but it's also a picture of the church today that Jesus Christ gave his life for. It says, Jerusalem will someday be so full of people and livestock that there won't be room enough for everyone. Many will live outside the city walls. Then I myself will be a protective wall of fire around Jerusalem, says the Lord, and I will be the glory inside the city. Now I want to tell you something today. Um, I want to prophesy and speak over the church that we will see many, many people coming to know the Lord, that we won't have enough room in the house of God as we see um, the house being filled with, with, with people from, from all over the place. There won't be enough room for everyone. And many, it says, will live out the city, perhaps outside the city. Perhaps that will mean there'll be people in other places outside of Port Lincoln. We've got Tumby Bay already. Maybe it'll be places like, you know, Alliston and Lock and who knows where else. But other places outside to house the amount of people who want to be in the house of God, who want to be building this temple together. And we've got to believe for that. We've got to, we've got to be calling out to God and, and uh, uh, breaking down the, the, the spiritual bar barriers. I think that... What's that scripture that talks about? Um, smooth out the rocks, make a, 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 a smooth path so that others can, can, can enter the temple, enter the, the place of God. See, the temple of wickedness houses a, a pedestal to celebrate evil. And we're seeing today all over the, all over the place how the enemy is, is putting wickedness on a pedestal in society. We're seeing a rise of all kinds of evil and wickedness being celebrated, being promoted, putting on, put, it, put in a place of elevation, put on a pedestal to, to, to celebrate. See, in the Lord's temple, in the church, there's a protection. There's a, the, the wall of the Lord, the wall of fire outside the city, and the Lord is the glory inside the city. And we want to be a people of God who are not known for um, like window dressing or, or the, you know, our, our worship or our programs and all those other things. But, but 
the greatest glory we can have is the glory of God is in the city. The glory of God is in this temple. The glory of God is in our lives. So Zechariah 4 verse 6, moving on. So he said to me, this is the word of the Lord. And it's directly speaking to Zerubbabel who was rebuilding the, the physical temple in Jerusalem. It is not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. And we want to be partnering with God, having the Holy Spirit directing us and, and walking with us to build the temple in this modern day church so that people can come and worship the Lord and come to know the, that there is salvation in Jesus Christ. So this prophecy was spoken to encourage the builders of the ancient temple in Jerusalem, but it also prophesied to the modern day church as we build the house of the Lord together, that we are tasked to build something for the house of God in these days. So this temple is engineered and designed by God to give you a place among the mighty. So this temple is engineered to give you a place among the mighty. We all know that scripture that says that, that um, we, we, are, we are living stones put together into his, into his house. And so every single person has an important place to, to fill, an important mission to, to fulfill. And I want to encourage you today at the start of this year to start asking God the questions, what is it that you want from me? Because I, I preached a couple of weeks ago about we've, we're so conditioned to, be, to, to do all our praying about God, do this for me. God, what about me? Lord, open the door for me. Lord, provide for me. And all those kind of things. And what the Lord is really seeking from us is say, Lord, what do you want from me? So we're, we're, we've got it back to front thinking, Lord, you've got to serve me. And the Lord's saying, why don't you serve me? So we've we got to change our perspective from those things. So Zechariah 6 verse 15, moving along. It says, people will come from distant lands to rebuild the temple of the Lord. And when this happens, you will know that my message has been from the Lord. People from around the world. There's people from around the world that are in the business of building the temple. And I want to tell you something. God is, has brought people and is bringing people to this city, to Port Lincoln, and to this church in particular. It's not, now, now, I will say, we are not the church. We're not the only church. We're just part of the church. And we just have to be faithful to what God has given us to do. But, but um, in our early morning prayers, I'm praying, Lord, you know, if there's people, if they're in London right now, if they're in, uh, if they're in the US, if they're in Fiji, if they're in New Zealand, and, and they can help us build the house of God here, then Lord, I, be, uh, I just call them in and say, bring them in, Lord, bring them in. Help. May they come and help us. And I want to tell you today, if that's one of you, if you're from the nations of the world, then I want to tell you something. God has brought you here to Port Lincoln, to this place for a purpose, for a reason. It's the most exciting, um, the most exciting time of your life. So I just want to encourage you, lean in. Say, God, how, what, why did you bring me here? Why do, you know, it's not so that you could just fulfill some secular role, but there's a spiritual thing that God wants you to be part of. And we want to welcome you and encourage you into that. So I know Jesus is calling and bringing people here to build his house, to build a temple. I'm going to ask the musicians to come and uh, join me right now. <clears throat> but we can build an ordinary church. We can build an okay church. We can build a, a, a pretty good church. 
But building a great church requires great sacrifice. And that comes by individuals who are burdened with a call of duty and serving in that duty, serving others. And that's the temple in which we are building together. Men and women like Shama in uh, 2 Samuel 23, there's a story of Shama. It says, in the, in the battle, everyone else fled. But Shama, all by himself, held his ground. It says in the middle of a lentil field. Some, some version says in the middle of a bean, crop of beans, whatever it was, lentils or beans, all the same kind of thing. But all by himself, he held his ground and fought. And it says he brought about a great victory. You see, what burns in, in the heart of a Sharma person is that every lentil matters. You be the Sharma in your church. You be the Sharma in your, in your community that says every lentil counts to me. I'm not going to let the enemy rob this. I'm not going to let the enemy take it. If I have to be the last one standing, then I'll stand and fight. I'll fight for this lentil patch. And I want to encourage you, you could be the last one standing in the youth group. Then you stand and fight. You could be the last one standing in the worship team. You stand and fight. You could be the last one standing in, in kids or toddlers or on the sound desk. You stand your ground and you fight. Because every lentil matters. Every life matters. Every person who we can reach with the gospel matters. And if sometimes you, you are the only one left, maybe on a welcome team or whatever it is, be the Sharma. See, the world has built a temple of wickedness in Babylon to elevate wickedness, to put wickedness on a pedestal. We just need to open our eyes and look around and realize that that wickedness is, is quickly taking prominence, is quickly changing the atmosphere around us but the church is building a temple for the elevation of Jesus throughout the earth perhaps if I could just ask you to stand with me this morning if you will and I'd love to I would love it if you would dedicate yourself with me today to the task of building the Lord's house we can't be double agents because we're either building a temple of wickedness or we're building the temple of holiness. There's no double agents here. It's one or the other. So it's a very, very sobering message here today for us. So can we decide together that in 2024, we're going to build the temple. We're going to build the house of God to be able to hear His voice, to hear the voice of the shepherd, to be led out when He leads us out, to stand our ground like Shama. To build a temple where Jesus is elevated. Where people see the Lord. Where people experience the Holy Spirit. Where people go into the, the, the breakthrough comes to them in that place. We're going to dedicate ourselves to the Word of God. To be filled with the Holy Spirit to be faith motivated and allow the light to shine through us into this dark and crazy world. 
God wants to do that through individuals wherever we go and wherever we are. And He also wants to shine through the church so that it becomes a temple of holiness that that makes the breakthrough for others. So can I pray for you this morning? And if, if you want to respond to that, then I just, wherever you are, just say, Lord, include me in this prayer right now. Raise your hands up nice and high. I'd love to pray with you this morning and believe for a miracle breakthrough in your situation. Pray and believe that you may begin to build the temple of the living God. Let me pray for you today. Lord, we just pray today. We dedicate ourselves. You see every hand raised. You see every person's heart here in this place today. And Lord, you're wanting to elevate them to be with the mighty in the land. You want to elevate them into the great purposes of God. So Lord, I pray that we may hear your voice here in this place today. And when we go home, I pray that we may hear your voice in our spirit. Lord, I pray that we may be led out and follow you into all that you have for us. I pray that we may stand our ground. Lord, I pray you put within us a the value of what you've given us even though it may look like a lentil patch Lord it's it's vital that we protect what you've given us Father we dedicate ourselves to the word of God I pray that we may be filled with the Holy Spirit again and again I pray that we'll be faith motivated people a faith motivated church Lord I pray that people will see a great light wherever we go and to whoever we meet Lord, I pray that this church will be a light to the nations, that people may find their way to salvation, to to being made right with Jesus. And I pray that in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen.